everybody. Welcome to another week of Sports and Ish with Misty V and Vince Edwards. This week, we have a very special guest with us, Joshua Bonatal. And I'm going to let Vince tell you all about this amazing guest. Appreciate it, Misty. Uh, like she said, Josh Bonatar, this is a personal favorite of mine. Uh, my guy's been through it all. He's been everywhere. He's opened up famous apps around the world and gotten things going with the Future app. If y'all know about that, y'all should definitely go check it out. Uh, me and Josh really kicked it off because he was my trainer at Purdue. He was at Purdue for seven years. He was there for all four years for me. So I was very fortunate enough to have my guy there. He worked with the Bulls. He's, had a, he's done a lot of other things, but I'll let Josh introduce himself and kind of tell us about himself and what he has going for himself nowadays. So, Josh? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and, and I think you hit on it. You know, it's it's. I've been a coach now my my entire career. I guess that's where my my career started is coaching. And so, you know, honestly, it's, it's moments like this why I got into um, what – you know, I've done for a couple decades now as a profession in coaching, just these types of relationships, Vince, that, you know, you and I have where it's like, I think it's been what, five plus years since we yeah, were together sure. at Purdue. And, mm -hmm. you know, yet we continue to, you know, talk regularly and have a relationship and keep up with one another. But, you know, my background, how it started was, I was nowhere near the basketball player that uh, Vince is, although in my head I thought I was. And, uh, you know, I grew up kind of Jordan era, about an hour and a half north of Chicago. So um, was a diehard Bulls fan. And, you know, basically my whole life, um, when people ask me, you know, what are you going to do when you grow up? It was always, I'm going to play for the Bulls. And, mm -hmm. you know, they, and, that, and that was it. And, and it was just one way or another, I was going to make it there. And, I, you know, I think fortunately for me, I was at least wise enough to realize like, you know, maybe I should have a backup plan, like just in case somehow <laughs> that doesn't, that doesn't happen. And uh, Vince has seen me play basketball. So he knows there was never a chance that that was going to happen. And, you know, that, um, that just led me down the path of like, I loved the process of, you know, pouring everything into becoming a better basketball player. And, you know, the path that led me down was, the training side of it and becoming a better athlete um, because I thought, you know, that was where for me, I could get kind of my edge. And so it was around probably late high school, early college, where I realized that this was a real job. You could go and be a strength and conditioning coach, performance director for an NBA team, a college basketball team. Um, and so that kind of became my new dream of like, okay, if I don't play for the bulls, you know, how can I work for the Bulls one day? How can I be the strength coach? Um, and, you know, kind of one opportunity led to the next throughout college to where my first job out of college was actually with the Bulls. So, you know, I'm 22 and that was quite literally my, my dream job. Um, and, you know, quick kind of funny story on that. But when I was in third grade, I had a, I had a teacher that gave us this, time capsule type assignment, like write a letter to your future self 15 years from now, like, what will you be doing? Um, and I happened to get that letter in the mail, like my first week that I had just started with the bulls. And it was literally one line. 
I will be the starting point guard for the Chicago Bulls. And so for me, that was like, that was my full circle moment. Like I wasn't, I wasn't running point, but I was, you know, I was there, I was in the team photo. Um, and so, you know, I ended up spending four years there, some really good years. My last year was the year Derek Rose won MVP um, and then had an opportunity, got recruited to take over the the program for men's basketball at Purdue. Um, and so took that opportunity. And I think it was, what would that have been? I think that was my fourth year, Vince, where that was your freshman year. Um, and yep. so um, we, we, we wrote it out together. And, and so I spent seven years in fact, my my last season, I made my mind up. I was going to stay one more year solely for Vince and that senior class because I knew I was ready for something else myself, but those guys collectively had, had poured so much into us kind of building that program. And I think you see it still, like the remnants, the fingerprints that, you know, guys like Vince, PJ Thompson, Dakota, um, you know, Isaac Haas, these guys have had on that program. So we kind of rode out uh, together. And, and at the end of that season, I had an opportunity to kind of take a hard pivot into the Silicon Valley and, and tech space um, and help co-found a, a technology startup uh, called Future, which we pair you one-to-one with um, coaches like myself, coaches that come from, you know, having trained professional college Olympic athletes. Um, and it's all, you know, through the app, they're building custom workouts for you. They're checking in with you every single day. So basically building out and scaling what I had done at Purdue with the Bulls, um, spent the last five years building that from basically, you know, eight of us in a basement to now, uh, you know, several hundred coaches. We've, we raised multiple rounds of, of um, funding over a hundred million dollars we, we raised. And, you know, so, so future is kind of well on its way, which has put me on a, in, in a position to kind of jump into the next thing. And, you know, so now starting to get my, uh, uh, feet wet in the venture capital space and actually the other side of the table, um, investing into, into companies and, and things adjacent to, uh, sports. So it's kind of bringing me back into, you know, that world. So, sorry, that was, that was long winded, but, um, stop there. Nah, it's all good. Uh, for people who really don't know Josh, like you said, we had a, uh, ended up having a great relationship, but Little did Josh know, the first day I came in, Purdue weights, I hated them. And the reason why that being said was, it wasn't even anything he particularly did. I was a guy that, like, I didn't like being told what to do. And uh, when we came into Purdue, my first year, my freshman year, we were on a leash because they were, like you said, we were in a class I was supposed to come in and help change the program. And Josh knew that. And he knew he had some young guys that they were going to have to rely on. I'm pretty sure all four of us played. We came in with another guy named Jaquil, but he ended up redshirting. But all of us played and all of us contributed to that. And the very first day we had like, I wasn't six, it was 6 a.m. workouts, but we had to be there. What, 6 a.m. Yes, it was. 545. <laughs> yep. 6 a.m. workouts, 545. Black, everybody had to wear the same thing. Black tank with the, the Nike dry fit cut with, with your Purdue shorts. And then everybody had to have a white socks and black socks. It didn't no matter. logo. Everybody, no logo no at logo. that point. Yeah. No logo. Yep. So we're literally in here like playing Jane names. Like you, I mean, I'm coming from my high school. So no I'm music. Like, no, no, we had nothing. I'm like, <laughs> I'm coming from my high school. I'm like, you know what? Like 
I'm cool. I'm walking in here. I know I'm gonna have my. It was none of that. It, it was like we here. <laughs> we all one one heartbeat. And honestly, it made us so much closer down the line. But you know, me and Josh really connected from there. I really do appreciate Josh. I know I've told him that before, but he doesn't know how much I really do appreciate him because that really shaped me as a young guy coming in too. And uh, it really put things into perspective of where we were going to go and what we had to do to get there. So yeah. my man, Josh, he, he, he helped us from day one. Uh, we followed his lead a little bit, but as we got going, we were able to color outside the lines and finally graduated to music. And all right, now you can wear yeah. whatever you want kind of thing. As long as there was Purdue logo. So we had to win, you know, we just, there wasn't really much winning. Like Purdue was a winning culture in previous times and it had a couple of years where yeah. they were down. So it got strict. But Josh actually, yeah. Josh actually though was really good with us, man. That's anybody don't know self-proclaimed athlete of the year. Every time, <laughs> every time we do anything though, no, but not too many people can go to their trainers and talk to their trainer and just kind of like, Hey man, and, and get NBA insight, professional insight. He has so many stories and so much helpful tips. He's been to where you wanted to go. If you're a guy coming in trying to learn. So Josh, man, I appreciate you. Uh, I know a lot of people don't know, but my man Josh is self-proclaimed. I'm an honest and not even self-proclaimed. Best dress, best dress strip coach ever. I mean, dude, where some of the You know, I had to suit. teach him a little bit more than, than just it. training. I had to, you know, the style on the bench, all that. So He got, I and Josh still to this day, people I know has got a top five style, but Josh, talk to people about how that kind of came about because that's just something you did. So what what was going into that when you, you know, when you just yeah. put all these outfits together and things in that nature? Oh, with the outfits? Oh, I thought, I thought yeah, we were going back to uh, what, what you walked into with, with last place. We can touch We'll get there too. We'll get there. Um, now with, uh, with, with the style, you know, I, uh, I mean, being, being a, being a 22 year old and my first sort of foray into the professional world as an adult is with NBA players. And, you know, so you're obviously you're, um, traveling everywhere, um, together and going out to dinner and you're staying at the nicest hotel in every city. And, and even just like, and back then it wasn't quite as much of a like kind of show as it is now, like guys walking into the tunnel, but still like they were, you know, very well put together. Like I'm dating myself, but the, when I was in the league was like, Oh, <laughs> six to 11. So like you didn't have Instagram and all this sort of stuff back then <laughs> where it was, you know, checking everybody's fits. But at the same time, it was, you know, every time if we traveled, um, you, you kind of had to come correct, uh, on, on the plane or especially in that environment with, you know, all these pros, all these millionaires, you're going to get roasted. And so <laughs> I had to, I had to probably learn back then. Cause I didn't, I didn't have their budget. Um, but you know, how could I put together some nice pieces? Um, because if I didn't, I, I wouldn't hear the end of it from them. But then you also like, you kind of taking notes on, you know, what they're wearing. And, and it's interesting because, you know, I think probably sport in general, but especially basketball, like fashion is such a huge part of the culture. And like, 
guys are are talking about it. They're interested in it. They're up on like mm-hmm. the latest trends and you know, I think even just to, and all that. Yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. Every yeah, and and the whole range <laughs> from they can yeah. they can throw the three piece suit on, right? To, uh, you know, something more casual, but it's still yeah. like. Yeah you know, put together to a T every accessory um, and all of that. And, you know, I think part of it for me probably even started from how can I just be the best coach in, in the world? And, and ultimately what, you know, what coaching it to be effective as a coach is all about relationships. That's the foundation of it all. It does not matter what I know from kind of an X's and O's perspective if i don't first have a relationship with each and every player and each and every person that um that i'm working with and in order to do that you have to find ways in which you can form um connections with that person i talk about it's uh it's forming a tribe it's it's things that identify the two the two of us like in this case me and vince as being us, as being a part of the same tribe, as opposed to being them. And the way, the way in which you do that is you want, and one of the things I always talk about is, is kind of um, turning over rocks to collect dots and then connect those dots. And so the turning over rocks is getting curious about this other person, like what, and just observing them too, but asking questions, understanding like, what and who is important to them? What are they talking about? And so, you know, going back to even like the style thing, I think I realized very early on, a lot of our players, that's just what they were talking about amongst themselves. So I realized if I want to connect with them, if I want to be effective as a coach, I have to like really get up to speed on some of this stuff with the style, the shoe game, the music, you know, all these sorts of things. And especially at that time, I'm like the same age as, as most of my players, you know, several of them are actually older than me. Um, but just kind of taking that interest and and then like showing up with some fits where it's like, I put it together clearly because I learned from them. I think it was like, those are the types of things that really start to form that bond and form that connection that much more that kind of make us a tribe to where now when I have to do my job as a coach and you know, and, and maybe I'm, I'm, you know, directing a a program for what, you know, that player is doing in the weight room or whatever, whatever it is, there's a foundation of a relationship. There's a foundation of trust. There's a connection that especially comes in handy in the moments that, um, you know, cause, cause sport, it becomes a family like Vince to me to this day, this is my brother. Like this is, this is my family, this, you know, and same going back to, to my NBA guys. Well, if you, and I'm an only child otherwise, but if you have brothers and sisters, especially if you're close, you probably fight a lot, you know? And so having that connection and being in that space, it's inevitable. You're going to have moments and it might be even weeks at a time where you hate each other. You can't stand each other. Um, or you don't want to hear it from this other person. And so having those deeper rooted connections, showing that you have an interest, you know, shared interest, it allows you, I think, in those moments to have those, you know, otherwise difficult conversations um, and, and, and be received. But yeah, so, you know, from a, from the, from the, you know, fit game, I think that's where it came from. And especially going from the NBA to college, 
you know, I felt like I, you know, there's, there's a certain, um, there's a certain perception probably people have about me because I was in the NBA and what, so I, I, I got to come with a certain type of swag for my players now at Purdue um, to have that respect factor for me. That, so. he, that he did. That he did. <laughs> so, so I, I know we've like, been all over. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Missy. I feel like when this gets released tomorrow, we're going to have to have you send some photos over. <laughs> we can yeah, share them. I know. <laughs> got some for sure. He definitely got them. I feel like we jumped all over a little bit, Josh, but kind of take us back to that moment where you had these five freshmen walk in and we were kind of in that space where it was like, what are we going to do? Like, just take us back. Cause I know from my perspective, yeah. it's a totally different from your perspective. Like, I don't know what I got myself into. I just know I'm coming to try to contribute, but I didn't know what it takes. And I know you see me and you was like, man, I don't know about this kid right here. Cause he's <laughs> like, he's not for Like, it wasn't even that I was like not perceptive to coaching or anything. It was just like, man, I'm just kind of trying to do it my way, but I had to, I didn't realize yeah. it first, you know, and all of us young guys. So just kind of take us back to your perception and perspective of that and how it ended up molding and shaping out for all of us. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and I mean, I think the, the one thing, especially from your perspective at that time, I think, you know, this now, but back then you, you didn't know this, nor, nor would you, or should you is, especially at, at that college level. And I think it kind of happens again at the NBA level to an extent, but especially at the college level, you know, think about it. All five of you, not only were you the best player on your respective high school team, you were the best player in your conference. You were probably the best player in, in your state. If you weren't, you were like top five, you know, right. and every single teammate you have was that. And, and, you know, especially coming into a program like Purdue, you know, perennial top 25 program, you know, competing for Big Ten titles year after year. Um, you're also playing with with other guys who um, have aspirations of going to the NBA or playing professionally and are going to do that. And so, you know, the the thing about it is, you know, as a as a freshman coming in, you inevitably are having to level up, but you don't know what that means yet. You don't know what it mm -hmm. looks like yet. You haven't seen it, you know? And so from my perspective as a coach at, at the college level, I always felt like the, the, the kind of greatest sort of gift and also um, sort of responsibility that I had uh, with our players um, was to help them see what it actually looks like and what it takes. Like, if you're telling me you want to go to the NBA, um, then right away, my mind goes to, okay, we're going to make this happen, but right. here are the steps and, and here's what it's going to take. And so, you know, I think what you're describing from your perspective is you come in and right away, you're working harder than you ever have in your life. And so there's is there's a natural belief that like I'm working really hard because I'm working harder than I ever have. And like, you know, especially if I as a coach am demanding more of you or coach painter or whoever it is, you know, you reach your breaking point at times. But, you know, I think a lot of times as a you know, as you're still figuring it out, what you don't realize is, yes, that's true. You're working harder than you ever have in your life. 
but there's still a gap between how hard you're working and, or even like what you're working on, where you're spending your time um, and where you need to be working. If, if you want that dream to be a reality of, you know, playing professional basketball and now fast forward Vince, like, you have mentors like Chris Paul and Carmelo Anthony, and you've been around it. You've seen it. You've been through the training camp. So like, you know, I think looking back, like now, you know, um, but you know, I think that's, that's one of the first things is just like, how do you, how do you set that tone um, and, and, you know, establish the, these new standards. So I think that was, that was probably one is just, helping you and helping you guys collectively get there. Um, but then, you know, you guys were, uh, fortunate and unfortunate in the timing of when you joined, uh, Purdue basketball program, because, uh, the, the season before, uh, they all came on board, we finished in last place in the big Ten, And Vince, I don't know if that's ever happened in like Purdue history. Like, I don't nah, know, maybe yeah. one other time. Maybe like that, yeah. that doesn't happen. Like Purdue either like wins the big 10 or we're like a game or two away from winning the big 10. And, and the right. year before that, we didn't make the tournament. So we're coming off two years in a row where we didn't make the tournament. My first year was, was the only year I'd been to the tournament but that was also, you know, that was the last year where it was Robbie Hummel was a fifth year. Lewis Jackson was a senior. Ryan Smith was yeah. a senior. Um, you know, DJ Bird was a junior. So you had the holdovers from like kind of the initial group that turned Purdue basketball around, like the Etwan Moore, Juwan Johnson, Robbie Hummel. Um, and then my second and third year, those two years before Vince, you, you came on board Um those guys were gone and, and there was a void in, you know, kind of having the right leadership, the right voices, because I, I think we went through a period where like the guys we still had, they were great guys, but they'd never, they hadn't been through like the dark parts necessarily. They'd been with Purdue in the good years. And this was also at the time when, we just got a brand new, I don't know, 50, $100 million facility, practice wow. court, brand new weight room, brand new locker room. Shout um, out to Brian Cardinal for that, but, by the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, the reality was it was the guys that, that came before them who were responsible for that, who had earned it, even though they didn't get to experience it. And now it was this group and it was our group that got all those benefits and all the gear. And so what Vince and, and, you know, those five freshmen walked into was, you know, we kind of had a bit of an entitlement culture at that point. Um, But we hadn't earned the right. And, and I mean, frankly, I, I I don't think you ever should have that mindset if you're going to go and compete for championships that you're entitled um, because you're probably going to get a wake up call really quick. And so, you know, when Vince is describing at the beginning, like we, you know, we, we, in our workouts in the summer, we didn't wear the Purdue logo on anything. It was, it was just black and gold, 
we didn't have music or if another team was in the weight room, it was whatever music they wanted on. So we'd have our, you know, women's tennis was lifting at the same time. You remember this Vince, they'd have like yeah. some techno music that none of y'all, y'all would have rather had Man. no music. We, you know, it was like, we clean up hey. the whole weight room, whether we use that or not, you know, it was right. because it was, it was this mindset of like, we first have to start from a place of, appreciating everything that's been given to us without us actually earning it, you know, and we had to kind of earn the right again to, um, to have these things to like kind of earn that P again, but, but realize that it's, it's, it's special. It's special to be here. Um, and, you know, I think my mindset even then was with you guys, Vince, was you guys were the ones that were then going to carry it. And so at that time, again, you guys didn't know what it looked like yet. So you had to be kind of shown and taught what it needs to look like. So that first year was a lot of handholding, a lot of like dictatorship, so to speak. Yeah, um, but along definitely. the way, I think at least for me and the the rest of our team around, we were trying to, trying to educate you and trying to, trying to empower right. you in ways and trying to get you to, you know, to, to have a voice. Um, and, and as you demonstrated, like, you know, building the right habits and understanding what it looked like, I think, you know, as the years went by, that's where, I mean, shoot, your last two years, I might as well have not even been there. Like you guys ran the whole thing, you know? And so that's, it's funny because if people only saw that, they think, Mm -hmm. oh man, this is just like, you know, uh, uh, like players are just running everything, but it was like, you guys, you guys had to earn that. um, Mm -hmm. And and you did. And then I think we had our greatest success, especially in those last two years, because now it wasn't, it wasn't my team or my culture it wasn't paints team or paints culture it was you guys and you guys defined what it was um and you guys led and you guys you know if there was any conflict internally you know you guys um you guys resolved that and i and i think that's what allowed you know us and and you guys to be uh so special and then like people like me just got to piggyback off of everything you guys do to kind of launch my career in different ways. So yeah, people don't even know that we, uh, like you said, Missy, unfortunately we came into the wrong time. So Josh is going to lead us out. I'm never leaving this story out because I, we earned <laughs> this because ultimately, you know, our junior year, we went on to win the big 10 championship. So ultimately like that was a goal of ours that we had set, but that freshman year, we walked into Navy SEAL training. I'll never forget it for as long as I live. We got white T-shirts with our last names on the front. They went out and bought us all camo pants. And we're all wearing our training shoes. We couldn't – our clothes didn't get washed. I just got hung up and dry, wet clothes. They'd just be dry. Ew. So we were doing – we would have this uh, – paint new guys would like like to go out party. You know, it's college. You just got to have yeah. this. Paint new guys like to go out party, do whatever. So – we had the weekend where it was like all these big parties are going on, paint like, no, this is what we got. Brought in two ex-Navy SEAL guys who, after everything was over, was really cool once you talked to them. But during that moment, nobody liked them. We had to stay down in the locker <laughs> I think room. y'all had like 3 a.m. wake-up calls. Yeah, we were staying down in the locker room. They were taking our cell phones after about 9 o'clock. And it's just so funny because they were recording all this, but the first time we woke up was – Three about three forty nine. I want to believe. I honestly believe like yeah. it was yesterday. It was like three forty nine in the morning. 
They're coming in with flashlights, whistles, <laughs> horns, bells. We're running up, jumping up. You can't leave your partner. Everybody had a partner. Yeah. You leave your partner, everybody gets punished. So one day, you know, we, and it's all this team chemistry and camaraderie as a team, which was what we needed. But because we have five new freshmen, five new guys who were going to play. And so we never played with these guys before. We had to get acclimated with the team quickly. So, I mean, one day we're carrying each other up hills. We had these big fat tree logs that we would put on our shoulders. And there's like four guys to each one. And we're all running across campus, people laughing at us. We're irritated, upset, whatever you want to call it. We're diving through the sand pits at the cold rag and volleyball, crawling through mud. We're jumping in the pool. We're swimming with each other on each other's back. Like it was probably the craziest thing ever. But but when you go back and look at it, like we talked about a little bit, like that's where our success came from. And those are the behind the scenes things that people didn't realize. And yeah. kind of like Josh broke down when he said, we got to enjoy the, the facilities and everything. Well, these guys as a late, got to enjoy what it felt like to be number one in the country. Like, we never got that feeling. We never got to get to these other bigger tournaments like we all wish for. So everybody's fruits and labors didn't necessarily go to them straight away. It went to what was behind. So the fact that we were able to help leave that legacy behind and it's still the train still going in the right direction, I think that's the the fruits and labors for us. Well, and, and I think, you know, the, and, and, and to be clear that, and that was the word that we used was, was legacy. Even, you know, even from you guys freshman year, I still remember Vince, like your first or second week on campus that summer. And I think it was you and Dakota sitting there and, and already I was having conversations with the both of you about how quickly you guys needed to step up and take yeah. positions of leadership. And, you know, and, and we were big on like, if we have 15 guys, all 15 guys should be leaders. Like, right. because we're going to need to call on everyone at different times, because also too, you know, with the dynamics of, of, of a team of that size, you know, there's, there's moments where um, it might even be like one of our juniors, they're not going to listen to me. They're not going to listen to paint. But Vince as a freshman is who actually has the closest relationship with this guy. So maybe he also like you also know something's going on with this person. Mm -hmm. So you know how to deliver the message. And so maybe, you know, we go through you. But you know, I think we we and I in particular put a lot on you guys early and I demanded mm -hmm. a lot of you guys. But the thing that we always talked about was that legacy of like not not allowing that to happen again, where like, you know, there, another group comes to Purdue and, and there's that, there's that void where um, entitlement, you know, creeps in. And the, the story that like, I am so proud of you guys for, and I'll, and I'll like, I will never forget this moment in my life is y'all senior year. So Misty, we had, we had won 19 games in a row which was the, the longest winning streak in the history of Purdue basketball. Um, we were number three in the country. We were probably the best team in the country. It was, you know, obviously we're both biased fans, but it was yeah. us in Villanova. <laughs> and that was, it was us in Villanova and it was everybody else. Um, and we went through a bit of a bumpy stretch where we lost three games in a row. Two of, them, two of them, I mean, like buzzer beater tip-ins, yep. you know, like overtime buzzer beater crazy shots. And then the third one was just, it was bad. We lost to a really bad Wisconsin team. 
And so there was this kind of air around the program and, and, you know, and, and probably West Lafayette and, and social media, yeah. this buzz of, Oh, mm-hmm. like the sky is falling, you know, and, and yeah. um, you know, we're, we're falling apart. Cause we're, I think maybe two games away from big 10 tournament and then yeah. the season where we're like, wow. we have the team to, to, to win a championship this year. And there were things that Vince, you know, the four of the four of you guys, you PJ, Isaac and Dakota, saw like you had the awareness of what was working when we won 19 in a row and what we had gotten away from in those three Mm -hmm. games that you know even I think collectively us as a staff didn't necessarily see you know and and so I think the four of you it was like so we we had a meeting in my office it was it was those our four seniors myself and um Joey Brooks, who was our graduate assistant at the time. Um, and we just talked about, you know, what were the things that needed to get, get, get corrected and how the four of you could have a conversation with coach painter, um, to help one another figure out how we, you know, put the team in the best position, um, going into the postseason. And I'll never forget, we, we were in there for like two hours. You guys, I remember Isaac had a little yellow legal pad because he was writing down notes for like the yeah. next day, how you guys were going to meet with Coach Painter, which by the way, that's intimidating. Coach Painter <laughs> is one of, if not the best coach in all of college basketball. and, and Especially when it comes to smart. Yeah. Yes. One of the smartest, you know, Maybe these basketball dictionary. You can ask him any sports question. Mm-hmm. He knows. He knows mm-hmm. it on the spot. It might take him two seconds to think about it, but he can. His mind is. It was crazy. The answers yeah. and everything he knew. Scores. And so you got. You got to think like the four of you. Yeah. He'd been coaching the game of basketball longer than the four of you had been alive. Right. You know, <laughs> approach him and present to him, hey, right. we see some things that we've changed that we need to get back to, you know, yeah. and, and have it be an open, receptive conversation. And so anyways, I remember we talked about all that. And then at one point, you guys collectively were like, well, yeah, but what about next year? What about when we're gone? You know, who's going to be able to step up and help Carson's, Carson Edwards development from sophomore to, to, to junior year. What about Ryan Klein and, and Grady? You know, how are we going to make sure that they step into this as leaders? And like, I literally got chills. I just, I was sitting back listening to you guys. And it was just like, that moment was, I think the culmination of, you know, everything that you guys worked to build and, and worked for, it was just, it was amazing because you think like, especially at the level, each one of you were playing individually and all you had in front of you, but us collectively as a team, we could win a national championship. We do that guys get drafted, all of this. Yeah. Right. And that wasn't the most important thing to each of you. Like it was, and I think we all knew like, okay, we do what we're going to do. Like that's a byproduct, but the most important thing to each one of you was it was bigger than any, any one of you. And it was, carrying the legacy forward. And one of the things we always talked about Misty was how do we, how do we leave the Jersey in a better place? So when, when yeah. we came in, here's where the program is to four years later, you know, when we leave that it's in a better place and it's in a spot to even go on and get better. And, 
Again, fortunately, unfortunately, because Isaac, you know, Isaac gets hurt in the in the yeah. tournament. Who knows what happens there? But right. um, the year after we all left, that's the team that went to the lead eight and you know was a tenth of a second away from Final Four and you know who knows probably a national championship. And that does not happen without you, Vince, Dakota, Isaac, you know, PJ, Jaquiel, like you guys imprints is, is all over that. And I mean, it's just, it's, it's special at the college level. Like you don't, there's not many, there's not many athletes that have that kind of, you know, awareness and, and just perspective at that stage to make it bigger than themselves. Yeah, that was definitely special. Uh, We're going to switch gears and switch topics a little bit. Uh, We've been on here every recapping what's been going on in the NBA playoffs. Obviously, you know, that's big. I know you, obviously you, you stated you've been in basketball, so we already know what you're about. What are your opinions on the playoffs so far? Do you think the Celtics have a chance to make this a series? Do you think it's over? What what do you what do you have what do you have going on? Because Missy's a Celtics fan, so be careful. So oh, you she, are. It might be, okay, that might be a touchy subject for her. Bit, so she's well, still I holding. have I have uh, I have some really close friends in, in the organization, so you know I'm I'm definitely I'm definitely rooting for them. I think there's there's a lot of things that they do behind the scenes that um, kind of sets a standard in in basketball. Like they, you know, there's a lot of things I've really learned from. Uh, you know, how they operate as an organization. Um, I just, man, I, I haven't been able to trust them this playoffs. Like I, like I went, I, like I went into the playoffs with the mindset of like, okay, whoever, whoever wins between the Bucks and the Celtics probably going to take the championship. And then, you know, obviously the Bucks. Um, we all know what happened with them, but but like the the Celtics have just been too up and down to me. And and I don't know, I don't know what you what you see, Vince, but like especially in that Philadelphia series, it just seemed like there was something off. Like you know, mm-hmm. it, it was like, but then they had a they had a moment there where like I was I was convinced they were losing Game Six. I, I watched the the post-game press conferences after game five and just like the vibes the guys had collectively, it just kind of seemed yeah. like, you know, they're, they're probably, they're probably checked out and you saw it in that game, but they had a moment where it was like everyone rallied around Tatum so much. And then he came back, hit them four threes in the fourth quarter. And it, wow. it seemed like that, like reunited them in, in some way, like re-energize them. And then you saw it in, yeah. in game seven, they come out Tatum with the 50 piece. And so I was yeah. like, okay, the, you know, the Celtics are back. <laughs> and then right. the first three games of the heat series. So um, I don't know. I think, I think they get it tonight, but you giving Jimmy Butler a closeout game at home to go to the finals. I just think like, I mean, Jimmy, Jimmy Butler is having one of those postseasons like we've seen from say like Paul Pierce back in the day. Like Paul mm-hmm. Pierce had that one year where he was probably the best player on the planet, you know, and right. they and they and they won the they won the championship that year. And and that that's what it kind of feels like Jimmy's doing right now um yeah. on his side. Although Jokic on the other side is is kind of doing his own version of it. So yeah, he definitely is. I hate to say it, Misty, but I think I think Miami in six. 
Oh, so wait, you think there's going to be a game six? Because I could get down to Miami by Saturday. <laughs> wait, you I think? thought you canceled. Hey, I thought you canceled I, the ticket. I already. did. I canceled the flight. <laughs> I canceled the flight. I've got a very good colleague that works for the Heat, so I get a ticket, right? Okay, but I canceled yeah. my flight. I canceled my flight thinking well, this is over. <laughs> it's over. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that might be a good call because if, if just like to trust the Celtics right now is 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 too much. The universe can hear you right now. I just want you to know. <laughs> the universe can hear yeah. you right now. <laughs> what you think, Vince? I'm I'm not sure. Uh, like you said, it, there's been a lot of up and down. I think with them personally, they had some things going on where it was just kind of rocky for them, kind of choppy, up and down. And like you said, in that game six where Tatum, you know, was struggling and he hit those, you know, four threes and it kind of sparked them back into it. It was just. Then you turn around, I had the greatest game seven, you know, most points scored yeah. in the game seven ever. So I think, like you said, the first three games caught a lot of people by surprise because it seemed like the energy was just taken away from them. Uh, I don't know if it was because of the last series or whatever, but, you know, at the, you know, at this time of the year, there's no excuse. Like, you either got to come to produce or you don't. And if you don't, then you go home. So I think them being professionals, even though they got down 0-3, they looked at each other kind of in the eyes like, we're not going out yeah. like this. Like, hey, if we're doing anything, we're going out swinging. You know how it feels to be a competitor and be in that standpoint. So I think yeah. that would have been embarrassing for them, and they didn't want to be embarrassed, uh, like Jalen Brown was saying. So, And they all said in their press conference, in their interview, like, don't let us get one. And, you know, they spoke that before the game. So mm-hmm. I think they took that energy and carried it into that. So I think they can – I said Celtics and seven originally. So – I'm not saying Jimmy can't get it done in the game six, but I'm gonna stick with my predictions. So I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna stick with it. They're but, I mean, they're the, they're the most talented so, team by far. Yeah, for sure. They Absolutely. they 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 have all the pieces, and I think you hit on it. Is 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 that belief piece? You know, mm-hmm. it, it, and it's like, and it all starts speak it into existence. I mean, that's one of the things you and I we talked about all the time at Purdue. It's like. Um, yeah before you can ever do it, especially like something like this, no teams ever come back from down 3-0, before you can ever achieve it, before you can ever do it, you have to believe it, you know? And so to your point, if they're already, you know, they're saying it and they're believing it going in, don't let us get one. And now they got it. Now that, you know, that belief um, starts to cascade. So, but Yo, so from from your perspective, because you've been in those moments like Jason Tatum, you know, went through, especially in that in that game six where like the weight of it's on him, you're struggling like that. I mean, it looked like he got to a moment where he wasn't even engaged in the game, but like his teammates right. were were still picking him up. Like, mm-hmm. how, like what is that like from the from the player perspective? Like, how how have you experienced or dealt with that? I think it just gets frustrating because it seems like everything that could go wrong for you and especially for the team is going wrong. So uh, I think in that moment, it's just trying to see one go in because at that point it's, it's very deflating. And I believe like if he doesn't get that next shot, that next three pointer that he hits, I think that's a whole different series. And, you know, I mm-hmm. think Philly, Philly does close it out, but I think, like you said, it was the, the teammates believing in him and, no, like they say at that level, this is what you you're paid to be this person for us. So yeah. if we gonna if we're gonna ride it out on anybody's shoulders, we're gonna ride it out on who they consider the face of the franchise and that's who he is. And you know, he showed why he is that guy. 
and he's why he's a future one of the future faces of the NBA, and he's going to be around for a long time, as we all know. Mm-hmm. So, I just think from a personal standpoint, that's that's just what it was. It was like we're going to ride it out with you, whether you go, you know, over thirty tonight or one for you know twenty. Like we're going to ride it out. So, I think for him, once he saw that shot go in, and they were like, "All right, we're coming back to you." You can see his body language, like. He he was like, oh, I'm gonna take the shot, but yeah. once it went in, you could see he like his body language was like, uh oh. And then he started, you know, licking his chops a little bit. And that second one went in, and he's like, okay. When he got the third one and the fourth one, it was like, oh, it was over with. So once he found that groove, he found his rhythm. Sorry, how that how that little yeah. shimmy came back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I think personally, from a from a player's perspective, that's just kind of mm-hmm. how it is because you just start thinking about the most or what you can even do to help the team win, and sometimes it's your job to help the team win is to score the ball. So yeah. I just, that's how it goes. And that, from that standpoint, my perspective. So they get by. So if Celtics win in seven, they get by Denver. I'm excited to see that series. I ain't gonna lie. Uh, I feel like even the heat in Denver would be good too. So yeah. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I think I favored Denver a lot because of Jokic. Like if it's a problem for AD, you know it's a problem for Bam. Mm-hmm. And if it's a problem for Bam, like you know it's going to be a problem for Horford or, or like Rob Williams is young, so Rob Williams being yeah. young, it can help a little bit. But at the same time, like Joker is Joker, like it's going to be tough. So I don't know, man. I, I feel like Denver finally has gotten there, and I feel like it could be their year. But it's hard to bet against. If the Heat win, it's hard to bet against Jimmy Butler right now. But well, Jimmy Butler and Spolstra, you know, <laughs> yes. is, is Spolstra, Spolstra, for sure. Spolstra has been there before. And I think that's the thing yeah. you're seeing even in the, in this series is just, you know, the, the, the different adjustments and the way, and you know, Micah does this big time Shrewsbury, yeah. Um, yeah. how he just hunts out matchups, you mm-hmm. know, he, and, and especially with Jimmy putting Jimmy in a position Okay, we're gonna get the right matchup, and yeah. you know, just Jimmy. Jimmy's gonna go to work, and at least the teams that they've faced haven't really done that back to uh, back to them near as much. So yeah, I think it's battle of the role players, especially if it's Heat in Denver. It's gonna be battle, you know, Martin, Vincent, and you know their guys have been going shrews. You know, Duncan's came in, gave great minutes. Versus, you know, you got Bruce Brown. And those guys, KCP, everybody who's been mm-hmm. around, that's been balling for them. So I think it depends on whose role players come to play. And right now, Miami's got the best. Denver's is well slept on. But I want to shift this conversation a little bit because you know me. I'm an Ohio guy. I'm a Bron guy. <laughs> Chicago, you're a, you're a Jordan guy. Yeah. I'm hurt. My feelings are hurt. So we this is our first <laughs> podcast doing since LA got swept. So. How do you feel? What do you think this does with LeBron's legacy? Because that's a that's a question that has to be uh, had. Um, and also, there is yeah. some rumors floating around out there too. But first, like, what 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 would you say? Or if you're LeBron, how do you? Um, or if you're even Rob Palenka, like, how do you go about mm-hmm. structuring this team? Or do you keep the team? Do you move pieces? Like, how do you go about? making it a better fit for these guys going into the next season. Cause I mean, they made great moves at the trade deadline and that's yeah. why they ended up in the Western conference final. So compared to where they were started, they were never supposed to be where they were starting at yeah. two and seven. And then you ended up as the seventh seed end up in the Western conference, I think was great by them, but obviously to them, they feel short. So 
just kind of go go about that and how you think they can structure for a better team next year. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting, right? Because, and you know this, it's, it's always, if ever you fall short of the goal is what do we need to change? What do we need to do different? Um, yeah. And sometimes, honestly, it's just, it's, it's, you know, maybe it's, it's the way the ball bounces. It's a call here or there or mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is. I think in their case, it's like, they were only really just starting to come together as a team. You think like the number right. of games that they actually, not just that they were together, but they were actually like on the court together and like the different lineups and, and stuff like that. And so, I mean, it seemed like they were about to really be, be a problem. Um, so, I mean, you know, there's, there's an element from, from my standpoint of, Hey, wh- whatever it takes, obviously, to get LeBron back, you know, if, if there's certain um, pieces there that that maybe are missing that, um, you know, offload some of his responsibilities or, or augment some of what he does. But I don't think you need to make, you know, too many personnel changes personally from from what I saw, I mean, that was, that was a championship team. And, you know, I think that's the thing about it. And you know, I mean, shoot, Vince, we just got done talking about this with us and Villanova our last year, we had a championship team. We just, at the end, we didn't, we didn't get it done. Whereas, you know, like, like the Warriors this year, I think when you, when you watch and it kind of pained me too, because I've been, you know, kind of pulling for the Warriors this last (laughs) decade or so. Um, but when you watched them, you realized, like, and Steve Kerr even said it, it just it, it wasn't a, it wasn't a championship team. They need some new pieces. But the Lakers, to me, look like you know a, a championship team. And I mean, as far as as far as LeBron's legacy, I mean that's that's cemented. Now, if we want to get into the goat debate, I'm still like it's always going to be MJ. Um, for me, that's right. But, uh, that's right. That's right. Yep. <laughs> but I mean, you know, obviously you can't take anything away from for sure. everything he's done and everything that he's doing and the level at which he's competing and, and going out night in, night out. Um, but I mean, shoot, you know how it is Vince as, as a player, like those seasons start to wear on you. Like, so, yeah. you know, I think it's good right now. He's, he's, he's taking that time to, kind of clear his head, get away from the game and figure out what he wants to do. And, um, you know, don't forget MJ came back a couple times. So he did. You know, maybe, he, he maybe did. he takes some time. I, I've heard the rumors of, you know, he, he takes a year and comes back with Bronny. Um, <laughs> that one, that one surprised me. I it wouldn't surprise me either, but like you said, I, it's funny that you said go to stay new pieces because I seen something in the media and, I don't know. It's it's kind of crazy because we were talking about it earlier. They're talking about a possibility of the Warriors wanting to trade for LeBron. So what? The trade really? And the trade uh, and the trade. It would be it would be uh, what I saw was the first one was Kuminga, Poole, and Moody for LeBron, and then the next one I saw, and obviously like some picks, and then the next one I saw was Kuminga, Poole, and Wiggins for LeBron. And I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it, but I feel like if something like that was to happen, I feel like LeBron might be the first player ever to have his jersey retired in four different arenas. Wow. <laughs> just personal opinion. Just personal opinion of mine because it's, 
I don't know. I don't know what you could possibly do if LeBron James is now facilitating to two of the greatest shooters. Already, Steph Curry's already wow. solidified, yeah. and then Clay yeah. Thompson's obviously they're the Splash Brothers, and you have a mastermind basketball LeBron and. Draymond's still there. You keep Kevon Looney, who's well, and then, reliable. And then you, so. you're taking those defensive responsibilities off of LeBron because Draymond, Draymond's going to do that. And then LeBron, mm. maybe in moments, you know, will do it. So, I mean, in a way, it probably extends his career that much more. It might. Then you keep my guy, GP, Gary Payne II, coming off yep. the bench. That's yep. it. So, I think – I don't know – my, I was talking with my brother and my dad, and they was, my dad was not feeling it, but my dad's a Jordan guy, so I know I think that puts a little pressure hey, on Hey, I've always liked your dad. Your dad's a smart guy. Man, it's just, it's just y'all's error, man. I understand. I get it. I get it. It's definitely y'all's error, but no, personally, I feel like for the Lakers, like, what does that do? I, I think AD then, you know, gets out, but I also don't think LeBron leaves AD. You know what I'm saying? I think it's – uh. It's one of those moments. Obviously, fans are talking about Trey LeBron, but it's like, do you really, do you really trade this guy at, at this point? Right. Then are, it becomes a rebuild because it's like it's nothing against AD, but it's been up and down. Sometimes he's hurt, sometimes he's not. Mm-hmm. Then you're just left. Then you're left with just you know Kaminga. You know, there's some young guys on the on the roster at that point. You still got Reeves who been playing exceptionally well. You got Rui. You still got, you know, guys like that. And everybody else is on contracts. So I don't know who comes back after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those two are restricted free agents. So I think personally, I think it, it might be – obviously it's a great move for Golden State because <laughs> they're in the business of winning now. It's, it's a great move for LeBron. <laughs> it's a great I – think, I, think I think if you go there, you know, now all of a sudden you're talking about – another dynasty for the Warriors. They they probably win it the next, you know, three, four years. So long Mm -hmm. as he doesn't want to go and and join Bronny whenever Bronny comes to the league. Listen, I say Bronny goes one and done. They take him in the second round, get Bronny (laughs) to go to state. Bronny's catch and shoot. Bronny's, his catch and shoot is, I think he's got one of the best catch and shoots I've seen from his class. Dude's a dead eye. And I know that's been, like, the difference between him and his dad. <laughs> like, obviously, like, Bron's streaky. He got better as his career went on. Uh, but Bronny, man, is – I went to go watch him in Las Vegas uh, my second year. I think I was in Oklahoma City in the G League. And they were playing in Vegas around the same time. We were at the mm-hmm. showcase for the G League showcase. And he was only a freshman. But at that time, he obviously didn't hit the growth spur. He wasn't ducking or none of that. But obviously, like, his dad, he's making the right reads. He's playing with poise as a freshman. No, he had the, the float. That was his shot as a freshman, the high float. Kind of like I used to shoot a lot my freshman year at Purdue. Like, and that was his go-to. And then that's what he did. He made shots, he made the right plays, and people didn't kind of see it. But, like, you can just – if you're really a student of the game of basketball, you can kind of just see, like, even if he doesn't amount to the greatness of his dad because that's huge shoes to feel. It's like he's going to be a great basketball player regardless because yeah. he, always, he already had the, the IQ, the feel for the game. Like, obviously, it was natural. It helps when you can get the top of the class trainers, mm-hmm. you know, recovery for your body, everything. Cause we all know how Bron take care of his body. So I like Bronny. I think he'll be really good too in NBA. Obviously, is he gonna be his dad? That's up for debates, but um I think he'll have a solid career in my personal opinion. But it depends on the expectation that you know the basketball world wants to put on himself. So. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah, no, if you to your point. 
if you just judge him as his own player, um, mm-hmm. I agree with you. He's going to be successful. There's, there's going to be those people out there that always, you know, nothing's going to be good enough because they're going to, they're going to judge him in, in the, in the footsteps of his or the shadow of his dad, which is, is tough, but you know, they, I think they shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And they I should. mean, it's impressive to see just how he's handled it to this point. You know, both yeah. him, both him and Bryce. Mm-hmm. Um, I think even just getting to this point uh, is is pretty pretty remarkable. Yeah, absolutely. So I I I think too. Like I think maybe he did have a little bit of an advantage, right? Because he he did mm-hmm. grow up learning how to be an athlete. 365 mm-hmm. days a year, right? A lot of kids yeah. don't have that opportunity to know what it looks like to be disciplined all the time. That you can't just come home and do maybe what your friends are doing. If this is something you're serious about, you now have a dad that has showed you what that lifestyle looks like. So you understand what it is you're supposed to do to get to that level. So, but, but you can't take anything away from him because he still worked for it. Every bit of it, he was still disciplined enough to get there. So you can't take that away. I think that's a difference for him between like a lot of the kids that, you know, these famous NBA players or whatever NFL, whatever athlete they were with their kids is, he he took the blueprint and he worked for it and he kept working. Yeah. And I think that's why I'm even more of a fan of him because it's easy to just be like, my dad's LeBron. Are you, you hear like LeBron said in an interview, you know, I could call whatever school in the country that Bronny can get in. Like, yeah, that might be the case. But yeah. also these teams would take Bronny because they've seen his progress and how hard he worked. Like you could tell from his freshman to his senior year. Yeah, he had a growth spurt, but you could tell he worked on his game. So I think that's what makes me a fan of him even more. It's just a simple fact yeah. that, like, my dad might be LeBron, but I'm Bronny, and I'm trying to make a name for myself. So uh, yeah. that that in itself right there is it speaks volume of who he is and his character as, you know, as a person, yeah. as a young man, and as a basketball player as well. Well, I think, you know, and, and there's, there's an expectation of how he carries himself because, you yeah. know, I think that's one of the things that's, that's probably um, – you know, o- overshadowed the most about LeBron because LeBron's a very polarizing player. We all know that. It's you either love him or you hate him. There's not people that toe the line. It's you know, it's yeah. one or the other. But I think even if you even if you hate him, like from the standpoint of you know, it, it, like you probably are a fan of of the teams that he's competing against and beating, or right. you're a Jordan fan, or you're a Kobe <laughs> fan, you know, whatever. And so you you hate right. from that standpoint. But I think like you have to respect and admire as long as he's been in the game. I mean, he was the, he was the star of the game of basketball before he even got to the NBA, his first game in the NBA. I mean, like, think about that. That was, you know, like primetime TV, like, Sports Center that day was like entirely about LeBron's first game. And so for someone so young to be in the limelight, the way that he's been and to conduct himself in, in a way of like, you know, the utmost professionalism and, you know, even yeah. just like the kind of the poise and the wisdom of, of you think about Vince, like from that, even when, when, you know, he was a rookie, the first thing he did was all of his boys, all his, you know, Akron boys, <laughs> Rich Paul, Mav, like that whole crew. Yeah. He didn't just say like, cause a lot of guys do, oh, I made it now. You're my boy. Come on. Like here, you know, I'm, I'm taking care of you. It was, you're going to earn it. 
So right. Mav, yeah. you're going to go work for Nike because I got to deal yeah. with Nike. And he's yeah. telling the people at Nike, hey, eventually this is my guy who I need running things. I need y'all getting him up to speed. Rich Paul, I don't even remember who his agent was initially, but he yeah. put Rich Paul right there. You know, and so he, I mean, even just that to me is so incredible how he didn't just yeah. like his his boys and his people and his family that were there with him that helped him get to that point. That was his circle. You know, a lot of people it's like, I feel a sense of like, Oh, I need to take care of my people because they were, they were there for me. And just the way he did that, where it was like, I'm not just going to kind of like give you this handout, but I'm going to give you this opportunity. And now it's up to you, whatever you do with it. And Mm -hmm. I mean, look at what they're doing right now. Like the brand that they've built around LeBron James and what it reaches out into and, and how it's helping the next generation. I mean, to me, like personally, that's LeBron's greatest legacy. Like, I mean, amazing player, but all that stuff off the court is just, it's incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Because honestly, like you touched on it and me personally being behind the scenes and actually being a part of the NBA, you definitely see it even out more throughout the NBA now. Like, like you said, nobody was really doing that. Like guys are putting their guys on, you know, or helping them out, but they weren't like putting them into the position to where now you're working in the same field as me. And we're actually taking things over now. Like I kind of seen it more like, you know, James, like James, yeah. two, two of his friends, like one is, you know, working in the data so really good dude. And then he had his uh, best friend, that was uh, working with him as a security, like a security guy. And, yep. But they didn't give him anything. That was like, you got to come work for this. I'm going to network you and put you in the places that that's going to happen. Like CP, he has his cousin overseeing, you know, whatever it may be as far as what he's got going on at events or for whatever it may be. I, I couldn't even tell you, but he had his cousin, one cousin doing this, another cousin doing this, his mom doing this, <laughs> dad doing this. And, and so, and you keep it all in the family that way too. And, CP was like telling me like, man, I got everything controlled financially. I got everybody's bank cards. So if they spending mm-hmm. this, spending that, like I'm knowing I'm shutting it down. So I think that a lot of people don't know that about LeBron, but what he did, like you said, what he started with that off the court, he definitely changed a lot of ways and a lot of things, the way people do things or things. So I, I definitely believe that too. And to kind of piggyback off what you said earlier about the hype when he first came in, I think the thing that kills me is, let me wrong. Played against Victor Wimbiana, seven yeah. five, great talent, generational talent for sure. But he does not have the hype that LeBron had. Like they were, they were literally no. LeBron. They literally were telling like if LeBron didn't have this career, he was going to be a bust. Like if he wasn't who he is yeah. today, it didn't matter what else he did, he was going to be a bust. He was literally the chosen one. He was his. It's, his games were on ESPN. Like you couldn't turn on, you couldn't go to Instagram and watch school, highlights. Yeah. yeah, like you couldn't go to Twitter right. and go check out a highlight. This dude, and you didn't, you national. didn't have nationally televised high school games you, back then. Exactly. That was not a thing. Like the only way to see this guy was to literally go to the game or bring these cameras to the mm-hmm. game. And he was a uh, most the Cleveland Cavs arena only sold out like twice, and it was Jordan and LeBron, and LeBron's a yeah. high school player. So yeah. I think when when they talk about that on ESPN or a segment, it kills me because it doesn't take anything away from Victor. Like they call him an alien, all the above. But I, I don't think nobody <laughs> ever had the hype or responsibility or anything in that nature LeBron had. They handed the keys to a, 
a 17-year-old. He couldn't even sign his own NBA yeah, contract. Yeah. His mom had to sign it for him. Like They handed this kid the keys to the NBA, and he laid down a blueprint and took and, off and, with it. And, and call it what you want to call it. He went to a dysfunctional organization, by the way. Think about, <laughs> think about that team, you know, and, and they were not good. And, I mean, and normally that's what it is. When, you, when right. you're the number one pick, you're going to an organization like that. But, you know, I, like I'm not going to name any names, but – I think when you look at it, like Vince, think about your experience, your rookie year, um, mm-hmm. having guys like CP, James, PJ Tucker, like yeah. having like real vets who've been through it, who, um, you know, one, you're going to listen to because right. you're a fool if you don't, but, but two, they do it the right way. They're about the right things. And, you know, even everything that you hit on, like someone like CP, CP to me, he's 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 going to be a Fortune 500 CEO or oh, run the NBA or something like yeah, that one day. Absolutely. Because you know, one of the things that people don't realize, and it's one of the things I, I'm trying to change now or help change, especially in the seat that I'm in, where I'm investing into into companies and you know sports teams and and things like that. Is a lot of people look at it and they go, okay, well, you know, th- this guy played. 10 years professional basketball, either the NBA or overseas or a mix or whatever. And so now all of a sudden, if you want to like go in quote unquote, like the real world or the business world and get a job, a lot of people very naively think, Oh, well, you don't have any experience. Right. But if you think about the business of, especially the NBA, the business of basketball, even college basketball, the business of that, you know, the, the people that you get to be around the rooms that you get access to through basketball, because it, you know, who you are as a player. And Mm. if you're smart about it, how you conduct yourself. And so LeBron's Mm. a great example, but your vet CP three, like I've sat at conferences where he was, you know, tech conferences where he's up on the panel with like 10 people, like, you know, I forget who all was up there with them. It was an event where like the, uh, uh, the guy who took over for um, uh, Jeff Bezos at Amazon was on the panel, you know, mm-hmm. or one of the panels that day. And, yes, and CP yes. was like top two or three most <laughs> impressive business mind, most yeah, astute, man. because you think about it, he's in these rooms with owners of NBA teams, with the people who run the league, with, you know, brands, you know, whatever, yeah. Nike, Adidas, whatever. Um, and, and so, you know, I think uh, – I think that's, you know, that's the, that's the other piece is just what, what comes from that opportunity when you're surrounded with the right vets to see what else is out there. And so getting back to LeBron, the fact he was able to do all that stuff. And I don't think he really had anybody to show him the way there at Cleveland with all the weight and you're in your hometown. And never, like never I had, I had on Derek him. in his hometown, never. you know, for yeah. three years and like, the pressure that's on you is like, like people don't, don't understand. I mean, he had teammates that were hating on him. Like they mm-hmm. were guys in their own interviews saying like, oh, we don't think he's going to come in and be that good. Or, you know, he might not slight. Mm-hmm. Everybody's looking at this dude. They're like he can play in the NBA. They were saying he can play in the NBA all-star mm-hmm. game as a 17 year old. And you got his wow. own teammates hating on him in interviews. And it was just kind of like, because he's a, like, he's a threat to them. He's taking exactly. food off their table. Exactly. Yeah. But that, that's just the difference between, like you said, having guys like Sifu are like, yeah, you're not going to come in here and take the food off my table. I'm going to get pee, but I'm not going to leave you out to dry or leave you in the dark. Like mm-hmm. there, there's, there's, a, there's not going to be any gray area. I'm going to, you know, take you in and just kind of show you the ropes and 
what you do with that is on you. So, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's definitely, that's true on so many levels that, like you said, that's helped change the way the game has been and the way it's going and it's going to continue to keep growing. So definitely got to give him his flowers. <laughs> and, <laughs> I mean, we got anything else? I know we we've talked uh, about a, we, a full blown hour. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we did it over an hour. <laughs> yeah, I think we did good did. here. We did really, really Vince, good. Vince didn't warn y'all I'm long winded, so that's <laughs> all. <I'm here. laughs> Thank you so much, Joshua, for coming on. Like seriously, this has been great, and I always love to hear stories uh, from anybody uh, in, in college basketball or NBA. I love all these stories, so feel. free free to come back and share some more stories because I love this stuff. So yeah, I'd love to. I, I, yeah, oh yeah, Josh, you don't know. I've honestly met Misty through Cliff. So we got to get with Cliff one day too. Um, I think that'll be a cool sure. segment to actually have as well. So yeah, that was a long, long time ago. Yeah. That was, was <laughs> 20, that was 2017. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that was wow. a minute. That was a minute. It was my yeah, it was my last year because uh, yeah. Misty actually is a sports massage therapist, and that was yeah. the first time I ever met her. It was Cliff took me oh, up there wow. to, yeah. to work yeah. with her, and she dug some knots up out of my body that you caused. That, <laughs> I <laughs> bet. That was, I bet. That was stuck yep. in there. So. That's that's <laughs> around that time we you know it was one of our <laughs> moments where we were feuding. Oh. So yeah, uh, in that moment, I was like, okay, Vince is. Uh, the person that has Vince's ear right now is Cliff. So I need to find a way that I can build a relationship with Cliff um, so that, you know, yeah. I can, I can continue to help Vince from, from where I sit. So I, I, was, think, I was honestly, Vince, like I think that. that's one of the things that probably brought us together even, even closer was, yeah. you know, once, once Cliff and I build a relationship, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely did. It made it it made it easier to trust. I definitely was sneaking away from Josh for some workouts. (laughs) He would get mad at me. I'd be downstairs (laughs) in the we had an underwater treadmill. I'd be downstairs in the underwater treadmill getting a workout in. I'm like, man, I was I'm dead beat tired. You know, I probably put in 34, 33 minutes, and Josh is like, you gotta come upstairs and lift. I'm like, I'm like, Josh, like not today, man. (laughs) Honestly, understanding, um, understanding it all, and once we kind of sat down and kind of got through to it, and he explained it, and I, I bought in, like you said, and Cliff kind of integrated. And sometimes it takes that. Like, people aren't willing to work to that part of a relationship where it's like, you might not have the best relationship, but somebody who does, he does have the best relationship with, you could kind of take to them and, and it helps understand more. Cause I'm not going to lie, I'm not the easiest person to open up to. I'm sociable and likable, but I wasn't the easiest to just like let you in. So. It definitely took <laughs> definitely took a, a little third party. Like I'm a, I'm gonna be respectable, I'm gonna be professional, and, and do what I got to do. But it's not every time that like I let you in just easy, so we can have this yeah. close relationship. Like it just doesn't work like that for me. So yeah. but that was that was definitely our, our our turning point in our relationship for sure. But for sure. we've been close ever since. Like you said, that's like yeah. my brother. So for those of you who are still listening to this podcast, like y'all need to make sure y'all follow Josh on social media his Twitter, Instagram, and he's always posting business like ideas, business minded people, uh, inspirational quotes, man, the guys, he does everything, man. He, he inspires me every day without even knowing it just cause I can go to his social media and know I'm either going to learn something or have something that motivates me for today. So. Yep. Again, that is Joshua Bonital. Everybody. It's not- <laughs> <laughs> 
Are we good? Good. I, I'm good. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, you guys, thank you so much for coming back for another episode of Sports and Ish with Miss TV and Vince Edwards. We will be back again in just a few short days. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We are on every single podcast platform, including Apple and Spotify. Leave comments, rate, review us. We love that stuff. We are also on YouTube at Sports and Ish. Find us on Twitter as well. Again, thank you so much to our guest today, Joshua Bonita. You've been amazing. Everybody have a great day. Thanks.